gets colder My eyes go thin as I get older Piece in pieces, bloody and bruised I feel so helpless and confused Cause I hear screaming on the left, yelling on the right I'm sitting in the middle trying to live my life afternoon. This is Evelyn Pringle. Welcome to Trish and Evie's Focus on the Facts. I want to remind everyone that Trish does a live news broadcast on Facebook every day at noon, and it is by far the best daily newscast out there, so I encourage everyone to tune in to get the latest news with Trish every day. And today we'll cover some of the news that Trish covered at noon, including the escalating fallout of Israel's apartheid law on Palestinian Palestine, and a new wave of covert operations are underway in Syria and the Ukraine. Trish also says there are reports that Donna Brazell and Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Browser were present at the emergency room shortly after Seth Rich arrived with his gunshot wounds. And we'll also cover the latest news on the unexpected death of investigative journalist Jenny Moore, the woman who was just about to release information on the rape of a child by Bill Clinton and many other D.C. elites at yacht parties where child sex trafficking rings were set up. And finally, we'll also cover the latest news on all the Hollywood perverts and pedophiles and the elites being exposed by Hollywood actor Isaac Cappy and satanic ritual abuse survivors, including Fiona Barnett from Australia. The latest news out of Hollywood is that actress Asia Argento was settling a child rape lawsuit at the exact same time she was accusing Harvey Weinstein of raping her. And then finally, we'll also discuss the latest scandals at the Vatican and that Pope Francis is facing more protests and controversy as he heads up to Dublin, Ireland. So uh, I'll bring Trish on, and uh, I'll let her start out here with covering some of the news that she covered at noon. Hello, Trish. Come on board. Hi, Evelyn. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm not good. I'm the first time I'm sick in three years. It's this chemtrail spray, oh. and I know it is. It's my head and my lungs and stuff. But I haven't been sick for so long that I forgot what it was like to be sick. But, uh, yeah, we've but been anyhow, getting this was, Oh, yes, yes. But um, this show is important, so we got to get... Tell us, uh, start off with the Palestinian-Israel, what's going on over there. Well, uh, so the most recent major developments were that there was official apartheid law passed giving special privileges to to Jews, Israeli Jews, and um, with no mention of democracy or equality. And so what this has done is um, really fracture the Jewish and uh, Israeli communities because there's many among the Jewish community and Israeli communities that oppose this apartheid law. So not only are um, those who have been historically allied with the Israeli government um, defecting because of this, but also a large community that's native to the area called the Druze community um, that's been very uh, important strategically to the Israeli government in uh, terms of its military and also its um, 
outward appearance of democracy. So what's happening is that they're now, as a major fighting force for Israel, defecting because of this new apartheid law, which gives, which um, disenfranchises them as well because they're not Jewish uh, or Israeli. So the it's it's fracturing quite badly. And then in the meantime, Israel, the IDF has stepped up its attacks on Gaza. And inside Gaza, there are two million Palestinians that have been sort of herded in there and forced out of their homes in other parts of Palestine and into Gaza, where they are trapped behind a razor wire fence surrounded by hundreds of snipers who murder them on a daily basis. They'll shoot them in the head if you man, woman, child, if you're disabled, journalist, or medic. They will, they kill indiscriminately. And that has escalated as the marches continue for, um, among the Palestinians for freedom, but also um, there has been recent bombing. There was 150 missiles have been fired on on Palestine in just the last couple of weeks, and one of those missiles killed a young pregnant woman and her 18-month-old daughter. And then, in addition, they fired 10 missiles on this cultural center that is sort of the center of um, Palestinian life in Gaza and reduced it to complete rubble in an effort to sort of erase Palestinian history because they've already done it from all the school books and now they're trying to destroy, you know, the antiquities and other places of import to the Palestinians. And not only that, at the same time, the IDF closed off the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem. This is of most um, religious significance to the Palestinian people. And they were arresting women as they left. They've been arresting journalists who have been covering what's going on. And um, so now they reopened it, but they, the tensions and the aggression has increased dramatically uh for the Palestinians being their arrests, night raids, journalists have uh, are getting arrested. A woman was arrested for her poetry. Um, it, it's really just out of control, to say the least. Yeah. Now, didn't, didn't, now the passing laws that if you criticize Israel, that you get in trouble, right? That's in the United States. There are already a number of states that are working legislation through their um, congresses to criminalize criticism of Israel. And in Israel, there there are laws that are being implemented that, you know, people are arrested for their Facebook posts. Um, You know, any criticism of Israel is viewed as uh, incitement, and so if you're Palestinian, you'll be arrested. 
And in fact, four is prominent Israelis were arrested at the airport recently for daring to support the Palestinian cause. Well, they weren't arrested, excuse me, let me clarify. They were detained and aggressively questioned um, about that. So um, the, the overt attempts to censor are really growing. And in addition, after the bomb hit Gaza that killed the woman and her daughter, the pregnant woman and her daughter, there was a headline on, I think it was BBC, about this Israeli missile killing a woman and her daughter, her pregnant woman and her daughter. Well, the Israeli defense minister, I believe, or one of the Israeli officials tweeted back that BBC had better correct that headline to what they felt was a more accurate description that basically concealed the accountability of Israel uh, so that it made it look, they made Israel look less uh, aggressive. And of course, the BBC did in fact change that headline. Really? Oh, man. They did. Uh, I don't know what. How can we do? How can we pr- stop this? Well, you know, Evelyn, it's it's very clear that you, everything is falling apart for Netanyahu. He not right. only is um, are now Jews and Israelis um, openly protesting the apartheid law and the Palestinian occupation. But now we see the Druze are also, um, he was questioned again by police recently in these corruption cases that he's uh, um, uh, uh, having to defend himself against. There are four of three of them, I believe, three or four, and um, the police have unanimously recommended he be indicted on one of the other cases. His wife has since been indicted on corruption charges, and um, so things are not, I think, seems to be at the scenes for him. So Yeah, it appears that way. From the outside, yeah. it would appear that way, but <laughs> right. Well, and I, you know, this is the big challenge we face in our world today. I think is this whole disinformation campaign around Israel and what it really stands for, and the whole Zionist movement. So, but it's right. weakening. It, it has no future, clearly, and it's run out of the same you know, British colonialism that has destroyed the rest of the planet. And I think people are finally recognizing it for what it is and very powerfully pushing Right. Now, you said about this new wave of operations are underway in Syria and in Ukraine. What's going on over there now? So now, you know, 
publicly, the U.S. has claimed that they're leaving Syria, that there will be no regime change and all this. Well, we know that troops have been amassed in Idlib and that the U.S. and its Western allies are reorganizing the terrorist troops that they have brought into Syria up in Idlib, which is the last stronghold that they have now. Well, Teo just announced he's the, is he Secretary of State now? Um, I can't remember. I forget what his I, I role is. I can't even keep track of it anymore. <laughs> he's in the um, White House cabinet, but he just announced that $300 million would be redirected to a to government transition operation, which there is no government in transition. Assad right. was legitimately re-elected for a third consecutive seven-year term back in 2014, and and he was re-elected with. to undertake yet another coup attempt on Assad. And so um, we can fully expect this to take place soon, although I will say Russia is pounding uh, the terrorist troops in Idlib right now. So um, they can, you know, I'm hopeful that it will fail just as previous efforts have failed, but they're going to keep trying. And so then we're also hearing reports. We know that troops have still been organizing in the Ukraine and that U.S. officials have been meeting with the Nazi, the neo-Nazi groups there. And that's who the U.S. and Western allies are the ones who have been arming and supporting those neo-Nazi groups. And right. now uh, the, the intelligence is suggesting that they're preparing for a terrorist attack, which would include um, dumping radioactive material in the Donbass River. Oh. God, us Americans sit back and they do this stuff right in front of our eyes and we can't stop them. They're torturing all these people in all these countries right in front of our eyes. Oh, yeah, but if you look at it, Evelyn, things are, things are getting whittled away. You know, John Brennan just lost his security clearance. There's a whole bunch of others under review. And not that that's going to make a big difference in and of itself, but, but it's emboldened a lot of people to come forward. For example, you posted about the Benghazi survivor who has right. come forward again and to tell his story about how John Brennan attempted to silence him and others to protect the Obama administration from culpability for its um, its criminal actions. And so I, I think, you know, slowly but surely enough people are joining into the chorus so that it's, there's no escaping it anymore, and it's just a matter of time. We just have to keep it up, and and more and more people. It's just like we see all the time when one or two people have the courage to come forward. It makes it a whole lot easier for everyone else to. And so I'm encouraged 
uh, by all of those signs that we're making progress. Well, you know, I am too. And people come forward, and they come forward all the time, and they report everything, but nothing gets done about it. No, you're right about that. We have not reached the point where these people are actually being held accountable, and and that is certainly the goal. But at least at this point, they can't go about their lives as though nothing is wrong and they're fully in control. And that's a good thing. They've they've always been entirely comfortable with their the degree of protection they've been given over the years. And that's slowly starting to fall away. I mean, if you look at John Brennan, he was key to protecting those people. So was um, James Comey and Andrew McKay. They're all gone now. And one by one, and though it's partisan at this point, it seems to me, it's still a major step forward as each of these individuals is removed from positions of power and stripped of their authority. So um, I, I do agree. I mean, it, and just look at what's happening with the Catholic Church. We have, you know, a thousand victims and 300 priests who have, you know, abused these children, many of which have been caught with committing heinous abuse against these kids, and yet not one of them is going to be held accountable. None of them. I know. know. Before we move on to the church, tell me um, about this, this that you reported on about Donna Brazil and the Washington mayor being present at the ER after Seth Rich arrived. Right. Where did you well, get that information? Yeah, Matt Couch. Matt Couch. So, yes, he's the one that's reporting it um, for America First Media Group. He has been pursuing this ever since Seth was murdered. And according to contacts that he has, um, both Donna Brazil and the mayor of D.C. arrived at the... ER shortly after Seth Rich arrived, and uh, neither has acknowledged um, their presence, and there's no other information available regarding how they found out or why they would be contacted in such a situation. So So they won't respond to this? There's been no response so far. So man. I mean, that is really scary. I was going to say, I I can't tell that whether or not the photo that that Matt Couch provided was at the hospital or not. That's the only thing. I can't. There is a photo of the two of them together, and um, it's not clear where they are. So what's the bottom line here? Is Seth Rich dead or isn't he? I don't know, Evelyn. I really, for the life of me, I, I can't figure it out. I, I tend to think that he is. I think it's more likely that he is dead than that he's alive. But I think it's a distinct possibility that he could be alive, and they were using him as a way to sort of, if they would use his fake death as a way to put the whole um, DNC hacking thing to rest. Um, sure. I don't know. Because it sure has. I mean, his death has sure caused a major distraction ever since it happened. It's true. 
It's and here we are, nobody... years later, asking, is he dead or not? Right. We can't even that's find out. Not... That's right. The police have blocked. There have been FOIA requests submitted for the um, body camera footage, the death certificate, and the autopsy, all of which have been refused. And they 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 say the way they respond is to say whether or not they have documents or they have no records. And the way that they respond to no records is they say no records responsive. Well, that can mean a couple of things. And it's either one, that there's no evidence to produce, like there's nothing, like so if they're asking for the body camera footage and they say no records responsive, that could mean either there is no body camera footage or it could mean that the body camera footage is being withheld because the case is a matter of state secrets, which would mean it was something much more than just a botched robbery, which is how they have characterized it officially. Right. So, well, um, well, it just kills me. You know, they spy on us every minute, even in our houses, you know. Yes. But then when something happens, oh, they don't have any cameras. Yes. Just like in the L.A. shooting, just like in the Parkland shooting. It's amazing, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Always at the critical time, there's no camera footage. Yeah, we got to sit Phenomenal. here and be spied on continuously. And then when, yeah, there's important events and stuff, then they can say, oh, there's no footage. Right, just right. And just me. like the FBI refused to turn over the Andrew McCabe cat, you remember that when they, you know, in that uh, the Hillary Clinton case regarding, or excuse me, the um, the Uranium One case where he, his yeah. cats were asked for and they refused to turn them over. They said they didn't, they, they refused. It's yeah. just incredible. Yeah. They, yeah, they just do this, and then hiding under national security, BS. Right, exactly. You know. So. Well, I'll tell you this: uh, this death of Jenny Moore, you know, has really upset us. You know, I mean, uh, she. Um, it, it reminds me. Her death reminds me of um, the death of that uh, Dando woman in in um, in the UK. How they killed her? Uh, they just shot her right by her house. You know, and she was to the point about where Jenny is now. I mean, she was to the point that she was going to expose all the elites involved in this and the Jimmy Savile, you know, scandal and everybody involved with them and everything, and then they just shot her. Well, this is why they did away with her, because, I mean, this is this one is Jenny Moore was ready to expose um, Bill Clinton for being involved in the rape of a child um, back when this child was very young, and the, the guy is like 26 now. And it was out at these yacht parties where they would take them out to sea. And many other D.C. elites, too, were involved in this. And ones that uh, the, the people that have met with her and talked to her said that Anthony Weiner and Huma Abedin were always at these yacht parties, um, lining up, I don't know, for what. But, you know, here we go again, because I said from the start that that uh, Nexium scandal was going to bring down the elite. Well, here we have it back with uh, Ben Schmierkus told us that he saw that Huma and Anthony Weiner were at an Exum party back in 2007. So they're right in the middle of this whole child trafficking thing, Anthony Weiner and uh, Huma Abedin, you know. And I used to say when they locked him up, you know, for texting that girl, and I said that was the least of that guy's crimes, 
texting an underage oh, yes, girl. Yes. He, he's running that child trafficking, sex trafficking outfit. Yeah, I yeah, and then you, the. I think one of the biggest lessons that you pointed out here is that, you know, it seems every time one of these cases is brought to federal authorities that not only does it not get prosecuted, but the person who brings the case forward it winds up dead. And so yeah. I, I really hope this is, you know, a very clear indication to people who have their stories to just come forward with them because it, it and get them on the record with a journalist or someone who can get the information out. Because uh, Thomas Paine from True Pundit has hours of um, sort of testimony from the whistleblower and and Jennifer Moore about his experience on this boat and with those people. So all of that is still, you know, now available, and they didn't do anything to stop it. Uh, they only made it a bigger story now. So um, right, and I don't think they are I'm, investigating it, it properly. I don't think they are investigating it properly. Robin Grit, who is a former FBI agent who Andrew McCabe had targeted, and, and she was the woman that Michael, General Michael Flynn defended and was then um, retaliated against for daring to defend her um, when she made allegations of sexual misconduct at the FBI. This was about five years ago, I believe. But Robin Grit um, knew Jennifer Moore, and... She uh, is demanding an autopsy and for there to be some follow-up. So she's very much um, attempting to ensure that this does not get uh, swept under the rug because right. you know, there's no question they would try to do that if they could. Sure. And Jenny made a bunch of videos, you know, she tra she traveled with George Webb in their investigation, you know, since last December. They'd be together almost every day. And to come to find out, she was really, really a big help to George Webb. I guess she basically did all the research and everything, so when he would come out to do his videos every day, you know, she'd have to be there real early in the morning with the research to hand him, you know, so to do his research, you know. And um, I watched most of those videos. You know, Trish would, I mean, um... Jenny would be with him, but he called her task force, you know, and, and it wouldn't show her face. You know, but they really did serious investigation. I mean, they went up to Racine, Wisconsin, and I guess that's a horrible hot spot for child trafficking and drug running in Racine, Wisconsin. And um, yeah. they did a lot of work, you know. And so when I was listening to Jenny's tapes, you know, one in particular shortly before she died, she put out and she said, you know, they're after her. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, that they, that they might get her and everything, but she said that all of her work and stuff, she thinks that if they kill her, that this her work won't get out and everything, but she made sure that she set up kill switches and she stored her work in all different locations where they could kill her, but it's not going to stop her work getting out. And so I'm sure hoping that that's true, that her work does get out, you know, because here we are again. These are the top of the top that we're after to yep. take down because yep. they are the leaders. And at these yacht parties over the years, this took place in the 1990s when, when uh, Clinton raped this boy. And these, these kids, I'm really concerned about them because, I mean, she was hiding these, these victims out and everything. You know, so they That's kill her. Funny. And it's like these victims are out there, 
No, I mean, this is just so horrible. You know, they come forward and, and they tell the truth, and we're right there at the top where we need to go. We need to get the top of the snake. And That's we had him. And then she's killed. I, yeah. Well, and, you know, one of the things I think that for a lot of people, they just can't accept the truth of what right. these people are doing. And we've heard that from George, who who worked with her, but still could not grasp that right. that those people could be this evil. And right, and the Satanism involved. Exactly. Evil. It, it, and it, these it people... Go ahead. You know, these people should be brought up on charges because these victims tell, these Satanists kill people right in front of them. And in fact, yeah. some of these Satanists, those little Hampstead kids... The father had them help kill the babies. You know, right. put, the, put the knife on the baby's head and push the child's hand down to kill the babies. Yep. So these victims yep. are forced to do this, to kill people. There is no statute of limitation on murder. You know, and yes, George doesn't want to believe this. He said, you know, they talk about, you know, them cutting a child's head off and everything. This is the gospel truth. I mean, all of them yep. say this is done in front of them. You know, uh, Fiona described that in detail. In fact, the one... The one, um, I don't know what the hell they call it, where they have these these things where they do these things to kids and everything, but the the place that she was at, um, they killed like, it was eight or ten children, boys. That I think his name is Max Spence from Mad Max, with a, with a um, sickle, hacked their heads off. And then, yeah. you know, George, people like that can't believe this. It is true. This is what these yeah. Satanists do. And that same instance with Fiona, she talks about... They do this. They um, they commit abortions on people. Like they had a woman, and she wasn't even um, drugged or anything, and they committed that abortion on her and cut her right open and took that baby out and drained the blood, and they drink it. Then they cut that baby out and put it on a silver platter and pass it around and eat it. This yeah. is how evil we are fighting against. And people like George just can't believe that it could be this evil. Well, it is. This is the fight of our lifetime against these Satanists. And so this is the awful thing that turns people away from these stories. They just can't believe that they participate in this kind of stuff, but they do. Well, and Thomas Paine describes how this survivor that uh, Jennifer Moore was working with when he was recounting these stories um, was vomiting, he was shaking uncontrollably. Like he, and he was physically ill, just, you know, recalling the events. And that's, I mean, it, it just speaks to the degree of trauma that these children endure at the hands of these incredibly powerful people. And the, these powerful people know that the regular, everyday American is not going to be able to believe it. And that's, they're, right. they're incredibly arrogant about it because they know it's just too gruesome to grasp for most people. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and, the, and that works for them, you know, because people turn away because when they hear that stuff, it's like, oh, that guy can't possibly be happening. <sighs> right. It's been happening since the right. beginning of time. You know, yeah. it's so... Sad, but I worry about all these, all these victims. You know, I mean, Fiona came out. I don't even know how many years ago, but boy, she's had to hide out numerous times. They've stalked her. They've chased her. Their family, everybody. Um, you know, we've got to yep. protect these victims. 
that come forward. Yeah. And like you said, that guy describes how traumatic it was to even describe what he went through. Right. And all these other children yeah. are there, too. Yeah. And this is what goes yeah. on, people. And this is what we're trying to clean up. So, yeah, then then then, um, then the latest on the Hollywood business with the uh, Hollywood perverts and stuff that... Uh, that uh, this is the hard part always for me because I don't know these people. So this Asia Argento, we find out right. she was settling a child rape lawsuit at the exact same time she was accusing our, Harvey Weinstein of raping her. And yep. I believe both are true, you know. But this yep. broad, and this is what I said, we have to bring these female perverts down too. Now this one, she raped this kid when he was 17. She was in a movie with him. And I was watching parts of that movie today, and it was sick. It was it was about demons and stuff back when he was seven years old. Then she waits till he's seventeen, and he, she's in a hotel room, and she convinces his family to leave leave her alone with him, and then she gets him drunk and and and, and rapes him. You know? Yeah. And I said yeah. we have got to bring these Hollywood female perverts out too, just like Cher. She raped a thirteen-year-old yep. when she was twenty-nine. These female Satanists are just as bad as the men. Yep. I totally you know, agree. And, of course, Fiona yeah, says that um, they're using this Me Too thing really as a cover to distract, to cover up the actual problem, the pedophilia in Hollywood. Oh, and I'm absolutely. beginning to believe her. Seriously. You think so? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, even um, Isaac said that. He's like, yeah. That's absolutely what they're doing. He said, because there are different factions. Just like, you know, like I'm in Boston. There's like the Italian mafia and the Irish mafia, right? So just mm-hmm. like in Hollywood, there's the you know, Harvey Weinstein mafia. And there's the, you know, whoever the other big guys are. You know what I mean? So there are always turf wars going on. And each of them is always trying to take down the other. So he clearly signed up to help take down Harvey Weinstein. But then when her boyfriend, you know, joins in and supports her, he becomes a target. And his, you know, it was also very curious when he turns up dead because he vocally supportive of her. It's very you know, vocal about the point that he's happier than he had ever been. Right. His own mother said that she could not believe that he would commit suicide. And then after he supposedly commits suicide, you know, if it were me and he were my boyfriend and he had, you know, stood by my side and he also talked about the fact that he had been getting targeted by Hillary's henchmen, that um, my first reaction would be, they killed my boyfriend. I would be very public and vocal about the fact. Yet Absolutely. her reaction was that he's like, oh, please give us space. We're all so sad. And then she tweeted out later um, someone else's post about how supposedly um, uh, Anthony Bourdain was, uh, had thoughts of suicide, and she she posted something about, I had no idea Anthony was having suicidal thoughts. And it's like, okay, she's a B actress, and it really shows, because that is about as lame as it gets. If your boyfriend just gets violently off 
under those circumstances. And then you pretend like the suicide thing is legitimate. Yeah. It's it's crazy. And meanwhile, then here we find out, literally a month after she accuses Harvey Weinstein, she's settling this case for $380,000. Right, right. So how did uh, she think she was going to keep this hidden, huh? I know. Apparently. Well, that's the thing, Evelyn, is that the old rules do not apply anymore. And these people are so fucking arrogant that they imagine they can just force it and and that they're going to get away with it anyway. But it's not working the way they plan and or the way they're used to it working. So um, it, it's all falling apart. Every time they try, just like the Me Too movement, they try to, you know, hijack the whole discussion about child rape, but it totally backfired on them, and that's what keeps right. happening. So, um, you know, they're, they're, all they're going to do is keep shooting themselves in the foot with this stuff. Yes. Well, these celebrities think that they're going to get away with this, you know, that we busted them on all this stuff, and they're just going to get away with this, like, just go on like nothing happened. Well, I was real happy to see uh, what's-his-name's movie come out last weekend and only made $126, um, Kevin Spacey. Did you see that? No way. Last Friday, his new movie came out and made $126 on Friday night. (laughs) Yes. Isn't that great? Well, you know, yes. And a total of six men have now accused him, six different men have accused him of raping them when they were children. Right. So he's got formal charges pending against him for all six of those. Right. So he's underage, you know, with underage people, too. And so um, then Harvey Weinstein, now that he's involved in a human trafficking case now, they set them up, and I think people like uh, these other ones should be added to it. Yeah, this, yeah. Uh, like uh, Kevin Spacey, for sure. Yes. I mean, no this is what's been going on. Yes, you know, and, and notice then, uh, how, you know, um, Isaac Cappy making those charges that he did against Seth Green and his wife, and then also right. Ben Zemkis who had accused, you know, all those people of being at that party, no one has denied it. No one right. has denied any of it. Mm-hmm. And these are serious allegations. Yeah. That's Same with sure. Michael Whalen. So. Now, who is he again? Michael Whalen is the um, satanic ritual abuse survivor. He was trafficked when he was a teenager, and he's come forward uh, and um, corroborating the whole Voodoo Donuts. He's the whistleblower on Voodoo Donuts and um, naming a bunch of other people who uh, he connects it to Comet Pizza. There were people that he worked with who specifically said that they worked for Comet Pizza and these were also individuals he knew were trafficking drugs and children through the tunnel system in Portland, Oregon, where he was he had performed in a bar that was connected to that tunnel system. So he was in it himself and encountered people who were using those tunnels to traffic. 
And this right. is, remember, um, Reverend Graham's son, right. Franklin Graham, went to Voodoo Donuts and took pictures of himself with other people there. And this is Voodoo Donuts has donuts that look like penises, and they have all kinds yeah. of Hispanic all over the place. child brain. So um these people are cooperating and and connecting these very high level individuals. was the minister to the president like every president since FDR or something crazy. <laughs> like he was chosen by the first company to be elevated to that position. And I think what he was doing was um, spying for that. Right. Wow. Yeah, that Reverend Billy Graham, what a joke he is, big-time pedophile. You know, that uh, Fiona says that he raped her at uh, Bohemian Grove. Back in, in the, at the Bohemian Grove, they got little, they got little like, camps, you know, and they fixed the camps up to accommodate this pedophilia, you know, and they fixed the camp there um, for Fiona. They had all bubbles and all this, and they had her come in and be the candy girl. And Bill, Billy Graham told her that Richard Nixon had recommended recommended her to him, that she'd be real good. Oh, God. And all That's this. So I mean, it's so little. And, and also, they, they had the hunting parties there where they strip them kids naked and make them run, and, and then they have to hide, and, and they shoot lots of them. You know, and right. this happens, and Fiona has seen all this. So there's murder all through this, and they can't yes. they can't do anything about it. Right. I mean, what was Michael it, two prime ministers of uh, Australia raped her, uh, Nixon, uh, Billy Graham, Ted Turner. I mean, it goes on and on, and she can't, we can't get anything done about it. Yeah. Well, and Michael Whalen also corroborated. He was he was um, brought and um, used in these hunting parties himself. He he described right. exactly the same scenario that Fiona and others have, where you know they they wind up at a party, then next thing they they get drugged, and then next thing they know they they wake up in, naked inside these cages with adults making it clear to them that they're about to be let out and hunted and that if they get caught, they'll be killed. So um, he corroborates all of that as well. So we've been hearing, we hear these exact same stories over and over again. So we know, you know, that there's a real truth to them. There's also... Um, the, Kevin Annette has worked with the attorney who was at, uh, one of the hunting parties with the royal family, um, in England, and she's in hiding now too, but has provided, um, corroborating evidence as to, you know, these exact practices that we've been talking about. Right, right. Kevin was supposed to be with us today, but he's on a trip, and, and of course he doesn't say exactly where he is anymore, and so last night he let me know that he'd have to make it next week, but I was really looking forward to him, you know, with the scandal that broke this last week at the, in Pittsburgh, you know, but yeah. um, but I think I think that the, 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 the sheriffs or whatever are going to try to arrest the Pope again. 
in Ireland. That's what he said. Yeah, that's what he was saying uh, the last time we had him on was um, they are going to attempt to ex- to execute those arrest warrants. Um, right. So, and then meanwhile, there's that protest going on with the Tuam babies. Have you seen that? There were about oh, yeah. babies. They were there. Yeah. They put them in a sewage tank. And right. so now this uh, Caroline, I can't remember her last name, is want, just wants the babies to have a proper burial. But the Catholic Church right. is not even being responsive to that. It's just like, what kind of institution would respond that way, for heaven's sake? So there's a massive right. protest also planned around that where they've named, they've give, put the names on sheets. And, right, um, big white sheets, all the names of those babies. Yeah, yeah, 800 right. of them. Yes, yes. Well, you know, we talked about this before, and I want people to understand, you know, that the nuns in all this are certainly no innocent parties. They're involved in all this stuff. You know, the priests and the bishops, they couldn't get away with this stuff without the nuns helping them. And then I read one thing where, um, one report where there was this, um, this woman that was sexually abused by a nun and a priest from the age of seven until age 11. So, I mean, these nuns are all involved in this too. You know, like Kevin said, you know, they have to be. Because if they're not, they'll be excommunicated, thrown out, because they have to go along with this stuff. But they're more involved than, than just letting the priests and bishops get away with this. They're involved themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, based on what's come out now in that uh, Pennsylvania case where... There were those three priests who were found to have been filming their brutal rape of these children. Yeah. And yep. this has been the one one aspect of the Catholic Church crisis that we've never been able to get hard evidence of. And this is the first time that I'm aware of where the police have made statements that make it, you know, undeniable what was going on there because they described the use of whips and quote-unquote sadistic practices in these rapes that were being filmed. And so then you're left to wonder if they were selling these films to make money for the church even. So, you know, I think it opens, this is an important case in so many different respects, but it finally opens that window for us to um, talk about the, you know, the violent and satanic nature of the abuse that goes on there. Yeah. I, yeah, it's never come out that this much, you know, that, they, yeah, they said that group of priests used whipped violence and sadism and raping their victims. And this was in the, um, out of the, operating out of the Pittsburgh Diocese. And the priests would right. give their targeted right. victims, often altar boys, big gold crosses to wear to identify the child victim as the property of the child porn ring being run by the priests. Yeah, it's horrifying. It is absolutely, it and is they were filming it. They were yeah. filming it. I think that's a whole other level of culpability that, again, has been um, buried for so many years and, and is an important indicator of the, the, the absolute magnitude, sheer magnitude of this problem, that they were filming this and these were horribly violent rapes 
and they were treating they were treating the boys and girls as sex slaves. You know, marking yeah. them in that way. They may as well have been tattooed. It's just it's disgusting beyond belief. Yeah. Yeah, I think Lionel. Um, I think Lionel. I don't know how many people follow Lionel, but on YouTube, on his YouTube channel, I didn't watch the video, but I saw the headline, and he's calling on Trump to use that uh, that executive order or whatever to seize all the Vatican's assets and everything be because incredible. they're involved in this child trafficking, and they should. Yeah. Yes, he should. Absolutely. Yes, he should. Yes. Although, and I do see like signs of. People finally saying, okay, I'm not giving to the church anymore. Like, this is outrageous what's been going on. And so the, 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 the Catholic Church is, is growing weaker by the day as well, which is also yeah. like with the Zionist movement. Those are the two major um, evil forces at work right now, and as those weaken, it it really empowers us to put an end to all of this. Uh, so, um, it, it we're really we're living in a time, I think, and when we have access to all this information and we can use it so effectively to put to stop right. this. Yeah, and um, because. And as we see, none of these people, none of these priests are going to be prosecuted. Yeah. And anybody else, you or me, if we participated in this, we'd be in prison oh for my life. God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. No question. Well, you know, there was a there was a story out too last week about the people Catholics that are still going to that Catholic church are just supporting this rape and pedophilia, and I believe it. How can anybody walk in that church? Knowing what has been yeah. going on for yeah. centuries, how can anybody set foot in that church? Oh, yeah, I, I mean, you really have to. The one thing with Catholics, I will say, that they're very good yeah. at is um, cognitive dissonance and like just just denial of the truth. There's something about the religion that trains you in that to just pretend, you know, that what's real isn't and to go on with your life as though nothing is wrong. And it's, uh-huh. it's all the guilt and shame. The whole religion is just incredibly perverse in that respect. And I grew up with it, so I speak right. from experience. <laughs> right, right. Well, we'll have Kevin on next week for sure, hopefully, and he'll give us the latest on all this. But, uh, well, Chris, I guess that's the end. I hope I learned a lot from uh, your reporting, and I hope people learned a lot from we covered today. So, well, thank you. We will see you. I, thank, thank you. Well, we'll see you next week, people. Bye-bye. All right.